forever. Dog. Hey, Double Threat listeners, this is Brett here. And before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to give you a heads up on two things. The first is a content warning. In the second half of today's episode, Tom and Julie are joined by the amazing Anthony Atamanek to do something that we do pretty often on this show, which is make fun of creeps and criminals. Uh, Specifically in this episode, creeps and criminals associated with convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. And as a result, there is some graphic content in the second half of this episode that you will probably see coming from a mile away, but I still wanted to give everyone a warning in case that's not something that you want to listen to. And the other thing is we had some technical issues with Julie's mic in this episode, so the audio you'll hear from Julie is taken directly from Zoom, and it's a little lower quality than usual. Uh, but don't worry, Julie and Tom themselves are as high quality as ever. And here is the episode that I've been talking about. to another episode of Double Threat. Yeah, I'm Tom Sharpling and I'm in Los Angeles. I'm Julie Klausner. I'm in New York City. Happy birthday to America. USA. Right? Happy mm-hmm. birthday, birthday to, to USA. USA. Ugh. I wish the copyright, I wish the Hill Sisters had copyright on that with... <laughs> come after sisters. us remember <laughs> yes but i just think it's funny that they aren't the ones that sing it's raining men because <laughs> they would have been so much cooler if they were because i think yeah. about that song every day and i get so mad that i never wrote it well you know who did co-write it you know who did co-write it wait That's hold on what character is one. this is this a guy at a like hold on give me give me a set this is from your snl audition right well actually you know who did write it's raining men it was Paul Schaefer co-wrote Paul it. Schaefer co-wrote it. With who? Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure who co-wrote it. If you're playing a drinking game, yeah, don't you're choose dead. Jeffrey Epstein. You're dead. If you were playing a drinking game and you chose Jeffrey Epstein for any of this stuff, you died of alcohol poisoning. Um, Tom, how did you spend the 4th of July? I know you were in South Dakota. I was. It was pretty. I was pretty pumped uh, to get out there. I was hoping that by the time Mr. Trump showed up, we would have carved his face on the monument, but we couldn't pull that off in time. You call him Mr. Trump? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I need to show him the respect that right. he's earned. Yeah. <laughs> through. Yeah. We are hoping to get his face up on the thing, on the, on the, yeah, that is like the dumbest. I I mean, someone just told him about that. Like there's only a few things that dumb guys know. And that's one of them that there's like big faces somewhere and they important. And then he got really excited about statues and how important statues are. It's like so many millions of like people who are sick. (laughs) You know why I think he's excited about statues is uh, 
he's hoping for like a night at the museum kind of thing to happen. Oh. That they come to life. Him and all the Confederate statues that they like stash away in some stadium that the uh, South yeah. can fucking keep as far as I'm concerned. Look, if they're going to bring the statues back, I demand the Joe Paterno statue get back out of storage, <laughs> which they pulled from the Penn State campus. Is, is that in a storage the, space? It's I probably like- in a yeah. It's probably in a room with like the like the road salt. Like, like there's probably like on the Penn State campus, there's just a room where they have like one of those like those like like those like silos where they just have like like 10 tons of road salt for the winter. And then they just stuck the Joe Pa statue in the corner there. I was going to say there's probably an episode of Storage Wars coming up soon where they open it up and Joe Paterno just sort of teeters out and falls. Yeah. The statue. It's just the Joe Paterno statue in in a storage where like, yeah, I, I, that statue that I could probably get 200 bucks for that Joe Paterno statue. Yeah. I, I, I want this locker. Meanwhile, my Jerry Sandusky butter sculpture was completely yeah. disrespected uh-huh. at, the, at the fair. Do you like going to the fair, Tom? I do like going to the fair. And, mm. uh, what does that I, come uh, from? Like, oh, it's a fair day. Yeah, I guess. I guess a f- nothing has been named more correctly than a fair because it's kind of just like, how was it? It's like yeah, it was fair. I ate some garbage, and there were some cheap rides, and they sold trash that was actually. I bought something in a, in the light of day. I look at it, and it's worthless. It was fair. Like that's the late. Steve, not the late, the great Stephen A. Smith, sports commentator Stephen A. Smith said, yes. uh, a f- he said, if you want fair, a fair, a fair is where they judge pigs. And I was like, that's pretty good. There's so many Stephen Smiths, so little time. Yes. By the way, speaking of this idea for a like band statue museum, which I'm certain is, you know, coming mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like they have those, they have their like museums, like the creation museum and all those alternative, uh, mm-hmm. you know, educational things. Yeah. Why hasn't there yet been a streaming service that just collects all of the filth, hatred ridden, like, uh, what is that called? Not articles, uh, relics of, just like all the hateful stuff that other streaming services are like, we're not going to carry that anymore. Like how come yeah. there isn't like a Trump streaming service where you could watch song of the South over and over again. You know what I that mean? Is, like yeah. just to get like remnants, basically like a carpet remnant store, but like yeah, filled with hate, just like a hate depot of things where it'd be like, we have, we're proud to announce we have two episodes of Golden Girls joining the network. <laughs> and four from 30 Rock. And we think we're going to get this movie called Soul Man. It was from the yeah. 90s, I want to say. You go to the network and they, it's only the bad shows. It's like everything they don't need. Yeah. That episode of Seinfeld with the Puerto Rican Day parade that they pulled. Oh, like, did they? Yeah. The second to last ever episode of the show was. In, on a, let's go out on a nice racist note. And speaking of which, Michael Richards hosts like he could be the like, you know, 
when remember when Olivia Munn was on G4 and she's like, hey guys, mm-hmm. like my tits and I want to talk to you about video games. Yeah. Like Michael Richards will be that guy or like the, he'll be like the Turner classic movies guy for the channel and just be like, he'll be like gone with the wind coming up next. We have, yeah, this horrible, horrible yeah. thing with Mickey Mouse yeah. that you're like, oh my God, who was that even for? By the way, Olivia Munn and I have the same birthday. Well, happy birthday. And you and uh, Peyton Reed, my friend Peyton is Reed. Is he July 3rd also? He is, yes. And Tom Cruise, I knew that. Tom Cruise, yeah. Um, uh, here's what I did. Day. I did on my birthday. I ha- I took a sheet cake <laughs> and okay. I ate it with a spoon on my floor. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Ever- well, happy birthday. Thanks. Uh, no, I just, I, I watched Hamilton and I had a sheet cake. Have you ever like, when was the last time you ate cake with a spoon? What time is it? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would probably go with two spoons. Cause then Cause it might fall out of one. Then I would be like one of those like monkeys with the symbol, like the wind up monkey with the symbol. But instead of symbols, it's spoons and it's a cake in front of him and he's going. Rah, rah. Let me just say this. I want to say what? this to this audience. Yes. You guys make me sick. <laughs> Look, I love you. We're so excited about the show. and We're so excited that people are getting on board and getting and enjoying what we're doing because you know why because it's great it's great it's undeniably yeah. great and we it's pure joy we, yeah but we asked for american pie lyrics we asked for a couple of things that we didn't get from our audience which is inexcusable when you consider that we're giving you something every week for free we thought you'd want to don't you want to join the party and yeah what was the American Pie? Uh, well, we asked them to send lyrics to an American Pie parody song that you and I agreed to perform with our, if I may say, beautiful singing voices. Yes. Everyone right now, coast to coast and beyond, is thrilling to my performance in Hamilton. And um, <laughs> Tom has a part in Hamilton where he goes... It's me, Tom Sharpley. It's like, why are you at the Constitutional Convention? And then security comes and takes him off the stage. Yeah, and he kicks his little sneakered feet. I have a couple parts in it. I'm kind of the Peter Sellers of Hamilton, the Mike Myers of it. I'm the back half of Hamilton's horse <laughs> for the big... Uh, Horse for for the big horse Song. scene, yeah. Horses, horses <laughs> of the horses of the past, horses of the past. We are the horses. <laughs> you know the big horse. <laughs> song or it's, um, wait, so it's hamilton's horse yeah jefferson's horse it's hamilton's horse i was the back Surely half of hamilton's horse horses we are the horses of the past 
<laughs> so look, everybody's loving my singing voice right now. Yes. And you don't want to hear me <laughs> sing American the guy. Pie? The guy who sang in Hamilton, Horses of the Past. You don't want to hear him sing your lyrics for American Pie. It doesn't make any sense. And it's America's birthday and it's really rude, frankly. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is send one verse. Yeah. And what were the what was it supposed to be about again? I, I don't know. Brett, do you remember? Um, th- it was pretty open ended. It was just well, like a a kind of a um, a, a, I think it was problem. like a Weird Al style parody version of American Pie. But maybe you get that's to choose, the problem is we didn't you get give them enough this, direction. Yeah, yeah, it was a little it was a little vague. Should it just be about food? Yeah, maybe it should just be maybe it should just be about food. Then we yeah. can um, ours will be called American Pie a la mode, or just be, or what if it's called Banana Cream Pie? Yeah. American banana cream pie. <laughs> no, we get rid of American. Okay. And then do we take this too weird owl and try to sell it to him? Absolutely not. Okay. It's got no. too much. So we uh, we want this American pie song parody. And now you have a theme. And then we will ultimately, we will assemble an American pie that we will perform and it will be a hit. Hey everybody, Tim Heidecker here with huge news. Office Hours Live recorded another episode live. It was one of our great ones with the great Rory Scovel, who's got a new special out on MAX. Oh, yeah. And the Trinity's here, DJ Doug Pound. Yes, hello. And Victor Berger IV. Hi, hi, hi. Can't wait for the fifth. We enjoy the heck out of doing the show, and so will you. If you find us on the podcast app of your choice, now. Our guest today is Anthony Atamanik. Anthony, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Thank you. And for Anthony is me. the host of. Uh, you have a podcast now. Is that true or false? I have a podcast and a live cast. So every day, Monday through Friday, you can tune in to Twitch.tv/slash/ShaddyFatty and watch Coffee with Tony live. We have guests. I know it's like a Shaddy Fatty. Well, Shaddy yeah, Fatty was out. my game tag. It was my they gamer tag. I ran out of names. Well, it was William Shatner's fat, so it was Shaddy Fatty. Um, <laughs> oh, obviously, I'm sorry. <laughs> and Such a uh, fucking idiot. We have guests. We talk about. It's basically my view. It's the view okay. with me, and then a podcast that's a weekly roundup of sort of the topics with a, a guest we've had Zerlina Maxwell, Jess McIntosh. We have trans activist Zeke Smith coming up. Uh, we have Sarah Cooper and that's uh, coffee with Tony, the podcast on on uh, Spotify, Stitcher and Apple podcasts. Cool. Thank you for that. And now we're <laughs> going to do something fun. Oh, great. So this week, uh, Garrison Keeler uh, popped up on his Facebook page uh, to give a little uh, message for the times uh, from his perspective on everything that's going on. And so let me share that with you now. All right, here it is. And do I have to read this? Because it's really... No, I, uh, I will. Okay. I'll, I'll read. Thanks, Tom. As Garrison? Yeah, of course. Okay. I don't think of myself as a white person. It just seems like an oversimplification. My eyeballs are white, and that's about all. 
Oh, this is so gross. What also, a weird, there's no way that what is a weird, true. insane person. There's no way person. that that guy isn't crusted with like, like, like Werther's original style crust. Like his yeah. eyeballs have got to look like butterscotch, yellowed, bile-filled eyeballs. Yeah, no, his uh, his eyes are not white. He has no, stroke they're... eyeballs. Don't they? They by nature can't be white. So this clown ripped everyone off with a. A, a scam cruise. Do you know about this, Anthony? Wait a minute. There was a prairie home Keeler companion. Ran a... <laughs> there was a prairie home companion cruise that got canceled because of COVID, and no one got their money back. And then he sent his he sent the people a uh, a, a, a poem, limerick, <laughs> like a limerick, and he now he's writing some weird this is his take on this is his take on black lives matter this post apparently but the limerick like went to the email of everybody that was like waiting for their money back this guy's so gross (laughs) and he's got this thing that drives me up the wall which is this this the specificity Mm -hmm. that he talks about his past where he remembers everyone's name that er he ever met in any event ever in his life he can has full recall on this like like he'll just be like when i was 14 warren feist hired me to write sports for the anoka herald pure (laughs) luck warren feist i can't even remember the name of people i met yesterday (laughs) and this guy's got full recall of of four when he was 14 this guy's 99 years old he's just lying he's lying about all of this this is just some weird soft white doughy He's like a if if someone took Wonder Bread and po- ma- like put yeah. googly eyes on it and made it a human mm-hmm. being, put yeah. a microphone in front of a like smashed Wonder Bread and you wait for it to like expand <laughs> back out a little bit, like that's him. Yeah, he's re-yeasted Wonder Bread. Yeah, you know what it takes to re-yeast bread? No, I don't either because it's not a thing. <laughs> Well, that's what that sounds like. Some second uh, spike activities for everybody. Move on from banana bread to re-yeasting. I know what that is. I know what that is, and it's time appropriate, which is when that Japanese competitive eater used to dunk hot dog buns in water mm-hmm. before he'd swallow them like a snake sure. and Kobayashi. win the Nathan's hot dog eating con. Yes. That's what yes. re-yeasted. That's bread. what re-yeasting is. He's doing it right now. Isn't Kobayashi doing <laughs> yeah. it right in now? His, in, in his apartment. <laughs> his apartment is just doing it at home and filming it. Yeah, they are. I would say that the Nathan's Coney Island hot dog thing is probably, um, there Casualty? might there might not be a social distance uh, element to well, that. They, they might feel exempt. It. They should suspend the rules for social distancing for that. Yeah, well, they should for all that. be on toilets. There's, I mean, yes. because that also opens the game up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If you have a really slick system, like a good system, but then isn't taking Metamucil like juicing at that point? I mean, that, that I think if there were toilets beneath those competitors on a regular like stage it would have been a different game yeah i mean i personally would like to have a toilet all the time when i eat okay should we keep reading this <laughs> i would love nothing more than to okay. just sit and okay. like make Tom, waste yeah keep reading it sure <laughs> and once i'll be talking about this once in saint paul going to Candyland for a bag of popcorn 
An old guy stopped me, and I reached in my pocket and accidentally pulled out a 20. So this is a part where he talks about a panhandler. And panhandler, like... Wait, like you skipped he, the whole part that Oh, says, no, I have to. No, it's this thing's, this thing's deathly. So he basically talks about he doesn't believe in white privilege is a weird thing because he's trying to be so cute with all this stuff and just completely denying the actual horror of the world that he figures he can do a fun turn of phrase will make everything go away. He says white privilege is just blind luck. Wait, what happened? He gave a, he gave a quote unquote panhandler. He accidentally pulled a 20 out and then had to give it to him because how can you not give him the thing? Cause they know he's Garrison Keeler. Who would ever tell that story? Somebody who thinks that that makes him seem like a good guy <laughs> that he gave a twenty to a, Are you a uh, yeah someone out on the street struggling and he's he's the hero in this moment <laughs> so he needs to turn his Facebook post into this this moment of self aggrandize uh, self aggrandizement. What's Candyland? I thought that was just a. That's uh well that was also the first place where the first sex trafficking post <laughs> west of the Mississippi mm-hmm. was called Candyland. So when he says he went there for a bag of popcorn? Yeah, he means two uh twin white boys who had cauliflower <laughs> ear from being beaten by their last user. So that's what was going on on that cruise. <laughs> I know all the lingo, don't worry. No one gets a refund. No one. <laughs> My cauliflower ear is white. I'll write a haiku. Garrison, you owe, we owe $800,000 to the people who bought, bought tickets for this Yeah, talk about giving money back to someone that you didn't intend to show them. I'll give them this panhandler story. They'll understand. He know he must know he's got to outlast his audience. His audience is in the crosshairs with this sickness going around right now. He knows it's just a race till they all. <laughs> it's a race to the end. Will yeah. his listeners die of COVID before he dies of this long-term <laughs> stroke that he's been having? Before he ends up getting jailed for stealing a, a people's cruise money. <laughs> And is the twenty dollar bill story a way for him to sort of basically make a metaphor for the cruise refund? Can we please get to the end of the twenty dollar bill story because it, it has a twist where the panhandler isn't like a total like drooling idiot? Yeah. So the right? panhandler says, his panhandler recognizes him and says, "You're Garrison Keeler, aren't you? I haven't read your books, but I saw your picture in the paper. You wouldn't happen to have another one of those, would you?" It sure helped me out. So I gave him another another 20. So, oh, he's in for 40 whole dollars with this guy. Oh, my goodness. Why are we not putting a statue of this guy up <laughs> in the... So then he sees him, and then I didn't expect the man to go back to the Dorothy Day Center and tell everyone what a prince I am. Of course he didn't. He had his pride. He told him he saw Garrison Keeler on the street and walked up to him and the son of a bitch and told the son of a bitch to go to hell. It's a better story. What does it? No, it isn't. What? Now this guy's coming unglued. (laughs) I mean, what the fuck is the point of that story? What does this have to do with race? Is is he saying that like pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of thing? Like don't accept 
charity. I'm, I'm honestly I think, he's saying, I think he's saying the guy had enough. The guy had personal pride to say, like, I didn't get money from him. I saw him and I told him uh, to go to hell. And then he and, gave me and then, Oh, And then he says, you know, if I can tell that idiot to go to hell, what am I doing eating at a soup kitchen? If he can write books, I bet I could, too. And he goes and does it and becomes the first. Ugh. I don't want to read the rest. Becomes of the sentence. first homeless man to hit the New York Times bestseller list. I hope that's look. This is what I hope actually happens: is that this Garrison Keeler is uh, jailed, convicted, and jailed for for bilking seniors out of the, their their uh, cruise money. And he became the first homeless steamboat cruise captain of the Garrison Keeler Prairie Home Companion. Cruise tour. So then he says he's going to. Oh no! Oh my god! This starts. I wrote a post that began. I don't think of myself as a white person, and I have deleted it. (laughs) And why does he look? Skip to this one. (laughs) He looks like Steve Bannon. He looks like Modoc. He looks. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Is that Steve Bannon's skincare line? You pull up a picture of Modoc, Brett, (laughs) please. Oh yeah, he does look like Modoc. <laughs> also, he's referring to Trump as the tangerine. That this has already lost me right there. Anyone who says orange face, Cheeto, or tangerine. Yeah. Well, this guy calls him the tangerine spleen. Oh, the tangerine spleen. I gotta write that down. That's good. That's good. And then he doesn't he doesn't have any pencils, so he uses tomato paste. He just he, sticks his he, finger in some he, tomato paste. He just sticks his finger in a jar of ragu. <laughs> He's just at the point now where he just has like he just has like huge sheets of paper the way little kids get like those those yeah, oversized pants. things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and he's just got a jar of ragu and he writes his things and then and hits send and he just presses like the piece of paper. Now let's send it. Sometimes his like wife, whatever poor woman happens to be in his like circle, gives him a piece of like dried penne and it's like there's your mm-hmm. pen they don't have any ragu i guess i'm gonna have to get chef boyardi today it's it not start, possible they, to write about this and be understood oh that's a great apology mm-hmm. that's yeah perfect. if because you dummies don't get it is what he's saying <laughs> i can look my writing is crystal clear you people just cannot understand it and that is what i'm up against it's like reliving old times. And then he didn't put the final sentence. He didn't even put a period on it, which shows he's he's he just died. like. He died. <laughs> he did die. Just like, so he is dead. I'm out of tomato sauce. <laughs> I don't have enough to put a period at the end of it. Initially, he was just pouring ragu on a laptop. <laughs> Like that was him being on Facebook. And then he was like, one ad, middleman needed. Honey, I'm going to go log on now. And she's like, oh, no. Look at him. Oh, inappropriate behavior. No, that's a, that's a Picasso painting. That's not him. Right? This was his, by the way, hold on, wait. This was his appearance at Walden Books on September 5th, 2001. <laughs> <laughs> Just six days before 
And then look at his face. He's like thinking about like if the second tower hits before nine a.m., I I've can be I can be in Canada by then. I've had no one will ever suspect me. People don't realize that steel melts at a certain temperature. I've um, had four Jews warn me not to go to work that day. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to give it to Anthony for noting that the date on this photograph yeah. is specifically uh, a little less than a week before 9 And he does look like he's plotting it. He does. He looks like he's he the 21st like, hijacker. Yeah. I just have to act cool. Play it cool, Garrison. Play it cool. Don't act like you know anything. We got to check those Portland airport video again. See if there's a big loafing fucking oaf walking through there. I just need to get into that Walden books and play it cool. The point of having you on is that you are... If you haven't already, you are retiring or you have retired your Trump impression. True oh God, or false? Yes. True and true. I'm done. So it's time. It is time for you to open that, uh, open the, throw the door wide open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No longer will you do bigly and. No. Yeah. And and, uh, and 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 tremendous. I can't. Yeah. I vile and make chokes. Your, yeah. Makes me make sick. your mouth do that thing that Alec Baldwin like very. I don't know where he figured that subtlety out. But like, well, he's from Caddyshack. He figured out. As I've said, he was doing an impression of Carl from Caddyshack. It's in the hole. It's in the hole. It's in the hole. Yeah. Hey, I, I remember people would be like, I'd be like, his thing, his impression's the worst. And if people, like, yeah, but you know, it gets Trump mad when he sees how bad it is. I'm just like, well, it's getting me mad also, though. Yeah. That's the only problem. It's like, yeah, it's I'm making, only talking about myself right now. And also, it's making me actually be in agreement and alignment with Donald Trump. Yeah, when Trump's like, his impression's <laughs> terrible, you're like, oh, yeah, he's I agree. not wrong. Yeah. So what we're going to do for you, Anthony, this is act, it's act two time. It's act yeah. two time. Is it? It is. Okay. We're, we're going to figure out your next move by um, throwing a dart and hitting the intersection of this amazing Venn diagram of like everything that you're good at and everything you're interested in. Okay. And that is uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Love it. Sex creeps. Jizzling. And like very specific New York celebrities. Perfect. <laughs> because as you know. jizzeline has been caught. Ghislaine is in. Jizzeline. Uh is in uh Jizen. Jizzeline. Jizz prison. Um I thought it was Ghislaine. No, but I like to call her Jizzeline because then I as I uh feel like then she just you know she can run a chain of jizz pumping stations, Jizzeline stations. And you could do that Bush song could be the thing where it's like don't let me wait too long, Jizzeline. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anthony, did you know yes. about <laughs> yes. this 
how when, when did you learn about Jeffrey Epstein? Because I know that you are very conversant in conspiracy. Yes. Uh, conversations that have to do with things that have come to light about Jeffrey Epstein that seem too crazy to be true, especially when it comes to the CIA and the people that were involved. So when did you first learn of this story? I learned of this story in uh, 2007, 2008, I think, when there there was rumors about him. The Vanity Fair thing. The Vanity Fair piece. There was rumors about him and Clinton. um, And also Mm -hmm. where she was in, where she was spotted at one point was a place called Manchester by the Sea, which is uh, just a town over from where I went to high school. And of course, where I went to high school, it turned out that there was a ring of parents who were taking their children to an island in the Bahamas and having nude pageants with them for a post Christmas vacation. You knew about this in high school. Well, when I found out she was in Manchester by the sea, it made perfect sense to me because I was like, Oh, okay. That's also where these other sex rings that we had heard about in high school. Um, And uh, I'm not surprised by any of this because as someone who's worked in the orbit of old blue bloods since I was 14, uh, and, you know, in various like wealthy clothing stores and cafes and North Shore restaurants and also just where I went to school and the people that I went to school with. This is like not uncommon practice, nor is Jeffrey Epstein the only person who is trafficking in uh, underage girls. To people so, that are incredibly powerful and yes. silence. Well, there's also a sexual, like, you know, the whole Cipriani the thing, uh, Cipriani uh, thing where, like, Weinstein, that was, like, sort of his hunting ground, but it was also uh, Epstein would go there and Ghislaine okay. would go there, too. That um, there are places within the wealth world that are sort of, like, open private clubs where uh, there's two tiers. Like, I could go to... Cipriani, Cipriani, however the fuck you call it. I could go there and have dinner and they'd, you know, serve you and have you go out, but you're not a part of the other circle of people. Like in Boston, it was Sansi. That was the place. Sansi was the place on Newbury Street where all the wealthy, uh, different wealthy money movers go. And they have a different sexual sort of tier and allowance. And I, and I know from my own, experience just from when I would go with some of the clients that I ended up, you know, working for, uh, they would take us out. And what they do is they take certain workers out in order to keep you in the circle so that you won't say anything. Okay. And so I remember seeing- You never got an invitation to the island. No, I never went into Epstein's world, but I know of underage girls who were fucking 50-year-old guys when so that I did you, would watch, I would see yeah. them, not watch them fuck, but watch them have drinks together at a club. Did you um, watch the Netflix documentary about him? Yes, which to me was just sort of like a cover for Clinton and uh, what's his name? And Patterson, who was his neighbor. I feel like Patterson produced that to be like, uh, let me produce this so that I'm on the other side of this story because I was his fucking neighbor. But like Clinton just said, no, like there was, it, was, it was very Trump. He's like, no, I wasn't. It's like you were there at like a hundred times. He's like, no, yeah, no, there, I wasn't. There is no, there is no way. It, I think it's sort of multiple tiers, which is, I think you probably have people who were engaging in the weird ritualistic in the temple sort of fuck magic shit. 
I think then you had people who just wanted to get a hand job from particularly someone under 18. Then I think you have the people who were like, I don't want to know the age. Because if I don't know the age and right. it's like close to 18 and if it's under, then I don't know, then it's okay. Right. And then I probably think you had a certain number of people there who, you know, he purposely would bring people who were cover people. Right. Like you invite a certain number of people on your plane for different trips and things like that in order to create cover, because then if you get accused, those people are associated with you and they didn't do anything. Now they're denying they had anything to do. It muddles the whole thing, right? It muddies the whole thing. So there are definitely people who did the whole trip on the plane and even went to the island who probably had no idea what was happening. I do believe that. Did the CIA kill him? Uh, no, I, th I think the honest truth is that um, he, I think that they, I think it was like death by, um, what do you call it? It was like murder by, by chocolate murder by chocolate. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And then do you think that Jizzy is going to like, do you think that she's going to spill? Do you think that they're going to give her like an opportunity to, to have to cut, to have a plea? I think that what Jizzy will do is Jizzy will ultimately spill in a safe way. So she will spill on certain people that you're sort of already okay with hearing about. The power structure will see that as enough of a sacrifice. And then she will be cast as also a victim. And they will use sort of Me Too stuff and right. language of that to say she was- Because she was doing three, I mean, the two of them are clearly like turned on by this together as a couple. It seems like she knew more than he did. Yeah, I would I would actually argue that she probably was equally or even more involved yes. in the sexual manipulation Absolutely. and behavior. And, Absolutely. And they probably had a power thing. And they clearly were practicing some version of pseudo-researched occultism that they thought was some sort of power thing. Have you thought about ever attempting an impression of her? Wow, I've never thought about attempting an impression of Giseline, but oh, here is... Let's, Here she is with the Terramara project. And just yeah. remember, Anthony, this is like a workshop, you know, you should be, feel free to, you know, if you want to do crazy eights, we can't like whatever you need just to be, don't, right. you know, just, don't judge you yourself. Me, just try something you want, out that's you want new. Me because, to be loose. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Don't one, worry two, three, about four, five, six, seven, eight, one, right. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, okay. you know, zip, yeah, bippity, any, zippy, bippity. Anything, Anything you need to do. Yeah. Oh, um, Billy Merritt's head is puffy. I just want to go back briefly to talk to you about why I got involved I in the ocean. I just want to talk to you briefly about why <laughs> I got involved in pumping so much cum into 14-year-old girls. The first thing is when Jeffrey wants his young coos, he's going to get it. Now... Uh, for, I, I, I've had three of you to come here today to provide massages, but first I'd like to tell you a little bit about Terra Mar. So over 16% <laughs> of our ocean's food is provided to uh, the global trade, and that's 14% of all cargo transfers. But within the last 20 years, the seafloor has been uh, 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 rocked, raked over of uh, precious tunas, this tuna went for $13 million. That's $13 million for one tuna. Now, have I also mentioned that I freeze Jeffrey's cum and then uh, I slip it into jello shots for our newest comers, what I call up and no comers, because they haven't had any cum in them yet. 
Uh, we'd go as low as you can go, which is 12, of course. But if you got a hairy 11-year-old, I'll take it. I think that's a good start. That's, yeah. That's a, that's a, a bedrock. That's a solid one to just have in the chamber. And I think, Thank I you. Think now that, I think that's almost like, my father. Like the primary colors in your palette. Yes. And now that you primary can primary colors. Yes, of course. Do her. We can maybe have John can, Travolta. She could interview. Right. Like she could interview someone else from the Lolita Express. Kathy Bates blew her brains out. Kathy Bates blew her fucking brains out in primary colors. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ghislaine, mm-hmm. is Gis- it true that you and. Giseline, is it true that you and Jeffrey Epstein were not only, I mean, that you were collaborators, that you were not just a casting director, but you were an active participant in some of the activities that we were lovers. We were lovers of of a sexual power. Um, Over 22% of the young girls (laughs) under the age of 16 that I brought into the house, I would flick their bean at least three times before they went to meet Jeffrey. Twice raw and one time greased. I feel like we should show him another thing because he's just going to keep referencing this. Absolutely. Of course I am. Terramar. Which means Earth Ocean, by the way. That's all it means. Just means Earth Ocean. It's a stupid title if you've ever heard one. <laughs> Earthsea, Earthsea. <laughs> Why not just call it the Earthsea Project? Terramar. I buy, I buy most of my crafts on Earthsea. Yes, well, of course, I buy everything on Earthsea. I bought an old bureau and I found four 14-year-old girls stuffed in there. And I said, <laughs> Jeffrey, I went, Jeffrey, what a find. We repurposed two of them and the other two we sold on the black market. Uh, all, I mean, Black Lives Market Matters. Do you think she was at any of those rallies? Yes. Uh, after I would go to In-N-Out and I'd order a double-double animal style and I would, I would, I'd hold it between my thighs and march. And then at the very end of the march, I'd go, well, now there's some special sauce and I'd eat it. 22% of the burger and 14% of the fried, fried onions uh, would go down my throat. And of course, the rest of it I'd repurpose into my uterus. more surprising names you think in this little black book um for me it was malcolm gladwell and matt graining yes matt graining shocked me um and uh, do you want to talk about the foot massage he received yeah hey it's me uh, matt graining um, matt graining got a foot massage from yeah, i did someone under you know conan someone. yeah conan got a his job in 1993. I remember when Conan got a phone call right in the middle of recording a Simpsons episode. Well, you know, we kept the sandwich for a week. So graining. <laughs> yeah. Can you, groaning. can you tell what I use for my reference point? No, it was that interview where I said that <laughs> that's the whole impression is based oh, really? on an interview on Conan O'Brien, 2007. <laughs> That's it. You know that you know that I was never invited on the Conan show when I was doing press for difficult people because uh, my publicist heard from um, one of the guest bookers that he didn't think it would be a good fit. Wow. Well, I was uh, even though I Matt Groening was on Conan a couple of times. Anthony Atamnik was also uh, never invited on Conan to uh, 
Uh, I he never even got an answer why, but uh, Anthony was a, a a jury foreman on his mother's uh, legal malpractice trial <laughs> in the nineties. I wasn't. So this was a gal <laughs> who said I was enjoying our conversation when Jeffrey when Jeffrey insisted I give Matt a foot massage throughout the duration of the flight. Oh, I never yes. turned down a client, but when I saw the shape oh, of his feet. I should say that, um, uh, so when I was a young boy, I actually visited a bald eagle sanctuary. And um, tragically, my feet got caught in a chicken wire fence. And they were uh, in order, and my parents left me. So I had to uh, wriggle my way out. And I don't mean Rob. I had to wriggle my way out until I uh, pulled. The Rob wriggle. Yep. Yeah. You know okay. <laughs> that that family friendly military Bow! guy. Yeah. Hoorah! Hoorah! Hey, what's he giving away Bow! this week? Hey, is he handing out big checks for publishers clearinghouse yet? So, you think he killed people with his bare hands in Afghanistan? Absolutely. And then I went and improvised scenes about it. So. By the way, let me just give you a little more details. I know you're not soliciting too many audience suggestions, but I will say that this girl said she saw the shape of his feet and nearly threw up at the thought of having to touch them. He had yellow, crusty toenails that even someone with a chainsaw would have had right. trouble cutting through. And there were the fluffy uh, balls of leftover pieces of sock. No, but she's wrong. Between the crevices of his sweaty toes. Oh, no, she's wrong. She's wrong. First off, I wish I had a chainsaw to cut my feet off when they were caught in that <laughs> chicken wire fence. But I had to I had to pull them off myself. So uh, because the, the, the bald eagle sanctuary was so felt so terrible about it, they actually had two bald eagle talons surgically attached to my ankles. So she, she didn't know, but I actually, those were talons, and that wasn't sock fluff. That was actually just the white feathery fluff of a, of a, a bald eagle's leg. I'm, I'm happy here. Shall we move on to the next? Uh-huh. Shall yeah, we move on to the next? That's a good one. Uh, your crazy character in this. I like this that, your... Matt Graney. I think, you know what? I'm going to write that one down. It's a good one. It's good. Next. Obviously, Malcolm Gladwell. Alan Dershowitz is like the OG, right? Yes. Yeah. Alan Dershowitz. Who's tweeting now for some reason. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so funny. I actually interviewed Alan Dershowitz and I still can't call him up in my mind. Just, get a Dersh Yeah, can we get a Dersh clip real quick? Did you ever see Mr. Epstein with underage girls? No. Oh, no. no. If I had oh, ever oh, no. seen if Jeffrey Epstein, seen Jeffrey in Epstein. any inappropriate situation with an underage girl, I would have terminated my relationship and turned him in. No way. So you're obviously surprised by the allegations. We were shocked by the allegations, but as a criminal lawyer, being shocked by an allegation doesn't mean that I won't defend somebody. Alan Dershowitz. Here we go. So Alan Dershowitz and Prince Andrew, can we like hear a little bit of the two of them maybe? I like- was surprised. I was completely surprised and caught completely off guard by it. Uh, you know, I couldn't believe it. And Prince Andrew, you know, you also uh, were were uh, in the presence of uh, Jeffrey. But would you have, would you want to have an opportunity to uh, clear your name? Or... Well, yes, I, first off, I only spent, uh, whenever I was with Jeffrey, we were only worshipping Baphomet at the temple uh, on the island. We would worship the goat-headed god uh, of the destruction of consciousness, Satine. And uh, the temple, of course, built uh, to the exact specifications of the Palace of Pandemonium, which, of course, is the capital of hell. Now, my mother... 
queen, the queen herself, uh, she knows that I actually have a glandular condition where I grow small penises on my arms and my ankles when Wait, I get excited. I, I was under the impression oh. that you were physically unable to Please sweat, don't Prince address Andrew. my client. Excuse me, please do not address yes. my client unless you uh, speak to me first. Mr. Dershowitz, can I speak to Prince Andrew? Yes, of course you can. <laughs> I have nothing to hide. He has nothing to hide. Okay, so, so Prince what? Andrew. Yes, yes. So HRH. Uh-huh, sure. You that's... said that the, the gal who accused you yeah, I don't of having raped her, her there's yes. a photo of you. With I don't her. remember her name, yes? Right, but she said that you were sweating on her on the dance floor. Impossible. And you said that you... That you can't sweat? No, impossible. If anyone remembers, uh, I think it was episode four of the first season of Star Trek, the old series, that uh, Dr. McCoy <laughs> goes to visit an old friend of his uh, who is a woman working on a medical station. And uh, he sees her and there's something off about her, uh, only to discover later that she's actually a, a salt creature, a creature that actually sucks the salt out of people and that it can take the form of whoever, whomever, it uh, sucks the salt from. And uh, I actually, uh, as we know, uh, the British, the royal family is descendants of the wipes uh, of, of the uh, of, of German uh, descent. Uh, and therefore, uh, also, we have alien salt monster DNA in us. And uh, it was very prevalent in me. And so, no, in fact, I not only don't sweat, I suck the sweat from other people and transform into them. Okay. I feel like we're moving into the next phase of your career, Anthony. It's going to be you on stage and maybe some like a like a some like there'll be like a table and have some hats, some wigs and a gun and a and gun a, with one bullet and a gun. And at the end of the show, you can decide if you're going to do another one. The next Say day. What you're gonna do. We don't tell you what to do. And this you've sounds got, great. This is full Leguizamo. Yes. And there's like a little coat coat rack, maybe. Of course. And it's sort of like a city apartment, too, backdrop. Mr. Dershowitz? Yes. I didn't do anything. No, no, no. I kept not, my underwear not. on. Everybody knows a 60-year-old man. We getting, have four yes. clients of yours that we'd like to That's fine. chat with, with your permission. That's they are fine. Graydon Carter, David mm. Copperfield, okay. Alec Baldwin, and Dustin Hoffman. And just so you know, Anthony, we have all those clips queued up if you need, like, a point of departure. Well, I, of course, it'd be very easy for me to... I can bring up anything you'd like. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Baldwin? I'm fine to talk about it. Yes, yes, it's me. <laughs> Uh, where where's Lauren? Where's Lauren? It's time, Lauren. We need to do the impression. <laughs> Everybody loves it. The black people they come up to me, even during the Black Lives Matter movement, they stop in the middle of their protests, and they say to me, they go, they say, they go, you're the best. You're the best. <laughs> Trump and we we love you and you're an you're honorarily black is what they tell me and I say thank you, Mr. Baldwin. Right. Yes. Were you at that? Were you on that island? I was on that island many times. Uh, 
I, I brought my daughter Ireland. <laughs> my God. And uh, I'll go, I'll show you. I'll, we'll, we'd make her run around the island every day <laughs> until she got to fighting weight. <laughs> and, then she'd, and then she'd give Jeffrey a massage. And I'd be in the other room going, you disrespected! You disrespected me for the last time! You little filthy pig! <laughs> Shall Alleged, we move on to allegedly. We, allegedly? Allegedly. Shall we move on to Graydon Carter, Mr. Carter? I remember. You need who to that see is. a clip? Yeah, let let's me have see. a clip. Well, oh, oh, this is exciting. Graydon Carter is the editor-in-chief of Vanity Fair who killed the article. Yes, that oh was yes. Set yes. to run and expose mm. Epstein a decade earlier. Yes. Magazine News and the Harlem Renaissance. No, the fact is that the, you know, the Vanity Fair was the sort of modern age smart set magazine. It represented the jazz age better than almost any other publication. We invented modern photography and we've celebrated the photography in a number of other Hold books, on a second. Can you hit pause for a would... second? Is this, is, is this, who is, is it Bozo the Clown? Yes. What's going on there That's with right. that? You Look can. at that. First off, you should see the prize, the toy prizes that I have for you. The toy box is the biggest it's ever been this week because, of course, all the boys and girls haven't gotten any of the prizes. It's been four days now. You know, and Gertrude Stein started this Bozo show back in, uh, you know, as a stage show in 1902, and then T.S. Eliot took it over. And, you know, now all the boys and girls are, are here to... You know, figure out who can get the, the best toy prize. Uh, and, Thank you, uh, Mr. Carter. Yeah, well, and who's on the cover? Who's on the cover of this uh, this year's Oscar issue? Uh, it's uh, actually it's uh, it's Harvey Weinstein again. <laughs> I, I figured I'd go again. <laughs> it's Harvey Weinstein and uh, and uh, Jeffrey Epstein and the Senator Palpatine. It's all of them. That's Star Wars' Senator Palpatine, Jeffrey Epstein. They're all in there. Star Wars has been one of the most important and influential um, uh, film series of our time. It's the story of a little boy who was born to a slave mother, and uh, he builds a robot and finds adventure. And, of course, the sad part is the little boy had to grow up, which is the most disappointing part to me because, you know, what I when I say, you know, you said that Bozo the Clown thing. It is true that in my house I have a toy chest, but my toys are petrified little boys and girls that I keep in there. And I play with them like little dollies and hope one day one of them will come back to life. And uh, I find other children, and I, I pull their brains out with a, you know, I drill into their brains, and then I try to put a little bit of their brain into the, the carcass of the other one, hoping it will grow. You know, a great man, Jeffrey Dahmer, started these experiments uh, 20 years ago, and I'm hoping to finish them. And, of course, T.S. Eliot, Gertrude Stein, they're all behind me. He's more of a they role model me. to you than, than um, who was the clown one? John Wayne Gacy? Oh, John Wayne uh, Fuck him. Yeah. You know what? Stay, you don't like JWG? Stay in your lane, Gacy. Bobby Slayton was there. Tom, do you want to take this one? Bobby Slayton was not there. It says he was. What? The pitbull of comedy. I was flying. Yeah, you know, when I did get shorty, I uh, it's a pretty fun scene. It was me and Travolta and uh, Barry Sonnefeld was trying to tell me what to do because I'm a casino boss in the scene. It was pretty good. I got to do see with Travolta. And they called me the Pitbull comedy because I'm as bad at comedy as Pitbull is to music. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not allowed in a lot of apartment buildings. <laughs> they won't let you sign the lease. 
Remember when there was a contest of targets that they had to get Pitbull to perform at? Do you remember that? What? And it was just like, whichever target gets the most votes in the country, Pitbull will perform at. And then the internet stacked it so that it was a target in Alaska. (laughs) And then Pitbull was just like, yeah, I'll do it. He was like completely into it and knew it was a joke, but he was just like, fine, I'll do a show in Alaska. You guys think it's funny? I get it's funny too. I'll go do it. And for that, I say, you're all right, Pitbull. Um, who else? Obviously, Woody Allen. It's, you know, if, if, if I could just, you know, it's, you know, when I was you know, with, with Jeffrey, you know, in the apartment, you know, a lot of time I'd visit him in the Upper East Side and, you know, bring Sunyi and, you know, we, we, I'd bring my own napkins and my low-fat cheese. And, you know, we'd have dinner. It, it's true, you know, I, I used to go to John's Pizza and I would bring my own low-fat cheese, you know, and give it to the waiter and say, could you put Anthony, this Anthony, is this cheese? true this is, for know, when you worked at John's? Yes, you know, and, and not only would I do that, I'd, I'd come in, you know, every, every Tuesday night at 11 p.m. with, you know, Sunyi and, and some guest you know, and I, I bring my low fat Sargento cheese in the green in the green <laughs> package, and and I'd go, Anthony. You know, make sure you put it on the cheese. Make sure they don't. They, you know, they put it on. And can I have a stack of napkins? And then you know, I'd get a huge stack. It was never enough for me. And then at the end of the meal, I'd always turn to him and I go, Anthony, here's the rest of the napkins back. And I go, it's un-, you know, and he'd say it's unsanitary. And I go, I didn't touch them. And I go, why don't you sign? You know, Anthony would say sign them so they're worth something. You know, I'd sort of snicker at that, you know. Anyway, you know, I never was going to cast him in anything, but, you know, we, we did have a, a, you know, a good relationship. And, and Sunyi was, you know, surprisingly, you know, uh, actually more compelling and, and interesting than, you know, I think Anthony thought she would be. <laughs> what did she have to say to Anthony at John's Pizza? She, you know, yeah, I mean, she did most of the talkings, you know, when we'd be talking about philosophy or the nature of consciousness or all the different things that Anthony would purposely bring up to have Woody <laughs> Allen-type conversations <laughs> with Woody Allen. And then she seemed like she'd been indoctrinated, like he'd drilled concepts into her head about <laughs> perhaps, I don't know, Bergman, Bergman movies. And- well, you know, the strangest was when at a certain point, you know, it was, you know, I would show up in a little flowery, Laura Ashley dress and you know it, and, it, and it would be Sun Yi who was you know dressed like some you know pith helmeted you know urban safari guy you know we just fully switched our, our clothing you know so I was dressed like Sun Yi and you know Sun Yi was dressed like me with your big glasses and you know and, and everything and you know of course listen I'm you know, sharing with the group a clip from a rainy day in New York which Connor sent to me and I was sure was fake. Oh, you know, it's funny. I just had this young Ben Warheit on my gaming stream the other day, and he's uh, quite anxious about this. Well, Anthony's uh, stream, I believe. So I would love to show you this scene with Ben Warheit and uh, Timothy Oliphant, where it looks like the two of them could not possibly be in the same location, and yet they are, because this was... I think Woody's like first uh, shot reverse shot scene in quite some time because usually he just like puts the camera down and leaves. Yeah, exactly. So That's what I do. Let's, let's take a let's take a look at this. I go uh, I go cruising for teen girls while we're shooting. So then, who do I meet? But one of the most obnoxious and revolting characters from my high school. Wells. 
Hey, Trawler. I heard you flunked out of freshman year. No, no, I didn't flunk out. Uh, I transferred up to Yardley because the first place I tried was too unstructured. Oh, the word around is flunked. Nope. Where the hell is Yardley, Afghanistan? Upstate. Hey, you hear about Finletter? No. He got thrown out of Princeton for passing bad checks. No, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, a big deal. Because of his father, he's got, like, the all-time golden parachute. He could commit mass murder. He'd still have a cushy job waiting for him. It's a weird way to put it. And Milstein is marrying Carol Durant, which I'll never understand because she resembles Yasser Arafat. <clears throat> Not to mention she's an ice queen. Yeah, well, you can't believe everything that... What are you doing in town? It's my girlfriend. I'm just uh, showing the fuck her around is for the this? weekend. Who's your girlfriend? You wouldn't know her. She's got a name, hasn't she? Ashley. Ashley. Mm-hmm. Like Ashley Wilkes in Gun with the Wind? <laughs> Wimp? <laughs> what about Josh Loomis? I just saw Josh. He's shooting a movie on Manetta. No, a this movie? Is, this, 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 please, film. please, please stop. Oh my God. Please. The this fuck is, is like, that? This is like a weird parody yeah. of of a Woody Allen thing that kids would do to be like you'd see they'd be like wow they just destroyed Woody Allen. You, well, I want like, you to know that, that you know that was the idea behind that scene, you know, was that I wanted uh, you, I, you I wanted to make a film, you know, where it was like oh, you know, every film student who's ever tried to, you know, make a Woody Allen movie. I was like let, let me do a tribute to that. So I purposely shot the dialogue uh, you know, so that it was out of pace. And uh, and and by out of pace, I mean out of pace university uh, uh, writing and, program. And, and, those and have are you seen the, those internet videos where people cut themselves into scenes, and you thought that was funny uh, to reenact? Yeah, you know, that, the two actors were and, in the and same I wanted location. someone. I wanted someone smoking a vape, but from the wrong end. Sorry, Tom. What did you say? No, I was just going to say like he puts a he puts a, a, a Yasser Arafat reference <laughs> in and a vape pen. And gone with the wind, you know the stuff that all all uh, young college students are talking about. Yasser Arafat. <laughs> yes, that's a that's a reference point. <laughs> Meanwhile, kids that age are just like, wait, who's Tom Hanks? <laughs> and it's just like, well, which know. one's that again? Mission Impossible? No, that's Tom Cruise. And it's like, and they're not supposed to know who these people are. <laughs> I know. Why Time the moves on. Anyone know? That's who how it goes. Fuck Yasser Arafat is. Yeah, you know those those, those Gone with the Wind uh, reference points that kids all get their thrills making. We, well, yeah, I actually shot a movie on Jeffrey's Island. Oh, you yeah, did! It's going to be released posthumously. It's uh, what's it called? Uh, it's it's called uh, Return to Caligula, and uh, it was uh, it's a tribute to it's a tribute to the penthouse produced Caligula. Uh, you know that was made um, in you know the, the early you know the late nineteen seventies, and it's just an orgy on an island. But yeah, but we got the rights to uh, all of Mamma Mia's sea tracks, so it's also in the Mamma Mia verse. So technically, it will be Mamma Mia Four, but they, but the music has to be. I mean, that's your favorite part of doing any movie is scoring it. With a that. lot of people don't know that ABBA is actually one of my favorite bands. It's actually There's no way that's true, Mister Allen. I love ABBA. You know, he thinks he yeah. thinks ABBA is just like this, like wet, really limp clarinet playing. Like yeah, that's like, what ABBA is. Like a right? record got put in the wrong sleeve. At his place, Fats Abba, right? You know, yeah, I've heard Fats Abba is incredible. I love that in the Firehouse Five Plus Ten. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, the Firehouse yeah. Five. You know, all that fun Dixie. Everyone loves Dixie music, you know, it's, especially now, you know, in this era. The Dixie Chicks? Do you like the Dixie Chicks, Mr. Allen? Yeah, well, you know, now they're just called the Chicks, you know. Look at who, oh, look who's got a, look who's. Yeah, it's a current event. Yeah, Lady A and the Chicks. I know it all. It was, you know, 2000. That's it. was 2018, and I was on a flight to Jeffrey Epstein's island. I was finally going to have my first hand job from a 14 year old. The flight was real bumpy, and I was getting sick. And Jeffrey was a real fly boy. He was handsome. He was the kind of Jew I wished I could be, but I would never achieve it. We were making, you know, small talk over, you know, blue cheese stuffed puffers and, you know, uh, all right, of the uh, martinis. Pull up some music. Put this under. It was, you know, don't, really. Don't interrupt his flow. It was really incredible, uh, you know, flight. A little bumpy. I only threw up twice. Uh, you know, my girlfriend uh, already said I had a, what they called a, a hall pass. Uh, I don't know why they had to call it a hall pass i didn't know what that meant last time i checked there was just a called a freebie we landed and you know of course you know i, I hate beachy weather and islands you know i had to wear a hawaiian shirt and it was really uh, too hot for me you know the the room was you know on the ocean and you know most people like hearing the ocean but you know I, i'd rather hear the screams of you know, six 12-year-olds as they're, you know, prodded out of a cage with uh, cattle prods, you know. It's nothing like hearing the electricity hitting their tight skin. You'd hear these screams through the night as, you know, other big millionaires were on the island having their way with them. But the truth was, is I knew I was out of my league. Uh, finally, I got to the massage hut and well, there she was. I mean, she, she could have looked like my wife. In fact, at this point, I didn't even know what I was doing. Why am I doing this? I might as well just spend time with my wife. And I left my body as soon as I lay down, you know, her soft hands pressing against my curled, you know, nutted hooded penis. It's true, I was one of the only circumcised Jews in my block. It was because the moil took one look and said, if you don't have anything to wash this down, I'm not biting it off. And because of that, I just never, you know, it never went, I never got it taken off. You know, a lot of people say, you know, what is your penis in the clan? And I go, no, you know, it's just, it's, it's because it's white, mostly, uh, you know, not a lot of blood goes to the hood of my penis. And uh, she finished the hand job. Uh, I didn't even ejaculate, you know. It was really unsatisfying when I realized that, you know, I need to be related to her to really get a, an erection. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Thanks to Anthony. Anthony, you are the best, and thank you for coming on the show. I love you. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.